Hey guys, it's Anthony Bandiero here with Blue to Gold Law Enforcement Training. I'm in beautiful Lafayette, Louisiana, teaching at the, the parish, uh, which is the county. That's what they call it, um, the county sheriff's department. Um, and a question was asked whether or not a driver may consent to search not only the vehicle, right, but also passengers' possessions. The answer is maybe. Um, this is what the law says. The law says, does the officer reasonably believe that the driver has common authority over those passengers' possessions? Um, and common authority comes in three flavors. One, do you reasonably believe they have mutual use or joint access or control? One of those three, sometimes more than those three, sometimes all of them. Uh, for example, married couples oftentimes, um, you know, share property. They have mutual use of it. They, they both use it. They both access it. And they both have uh, a degree of control over it. But in the situation of friends, uh, it gets a little more trickier. So let's say you stop a car. There's a female passenger and a driver, male driver. The male driver gives you consent to search. Can the officer search the purse? In the, in the passenger side? The answer would be probably not, because with those facts that I gave you, it doesn't seem reasonable to believe that the driver has common authority over that purse. What about the passenger has a backpack in the back seat? And it's not, there's no name on it, and it's just, it's back there. And the driver gives consent, the, the occupants get out, the passenger gets out, and then the, and the officer searches it and finds, let's say, narcotics, that it's then charged against the passenger. Whether or not the, the driver has common authority depends again, whether it's reasonable to believe that, the, that he has some degree of control over the backpack, mutual use, joint access. If the backpack is in the back seat and nobody makes any mention that it's not their backpack, um, and, with, and with those basic facts, it seems reasonable to believe that the, that, that the backpack belongs to the driver. And so therefore, the driver would have apparent common authority over the backpack, even if later he, he it's proven that that was incorrect. That's not what's required under the Fourth Amendment. What's required is reasonableness. So it's it's not actual authority that we have to prove in most states. It's apparent authority. I hope that helps. One way of looking at this, by the way, is I call it the piggyback rule. The piggyback rule is simply saying, look, if you're going to base your search off of somebody's consent, each item, each place searched has to be something that you reasonably believe that the person giving you consent could have done the same thing without trespassing on anybody's rights. Does that make sense? You know, so for example, if you go to an apartment and you have two roommates and one roommate's gone, it seems reasonable to believe that the, 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 the consenting roommate that's in the, in the apartment can give you consent to search to common areas, his room, a shared bathroom, the kitchen, but would not seem reasonable to get consent to search somebody else's room where he does not stay and does not live in. But married couples, it seems reasonable to, to get consent to search from, let's say, the wife while the husband is not there to search almost anything in the house because most spouses have unfettered access to the entire house. 
even if they don't normally look in those places. Like, so for example, the garage, if the wife admits to, yeah, I don't really go in, in the, in the workshop and I don't look in the tools and I don't look in these areas, but you can go search them. Most likely that consent to search is going to be upheld as valid because it's reasonable to believe that the officers can piggyback off of the wife's consent. In other words, the wife can do it. She can search it. So why not? She can make you the agent for her to do the same search that she could. I hope this moves the ball forward. I'm trying to bring some clarity to this sometimes confusing area of search and seizure. If you have any questions for me, please uh, visit bluetogold.com and send me an email. And until then, stay safe. When it comes to legal training, we're the gold standard. Visit bluetogold.com or call 888-579-7796 today to purchase the Search and Seizure Survival Guide, register for a class, or learn how to bring our search and seizure training to your agency.